0: Good morning. Our scripture text this morning is from Proverbs uh, chapter 1. I uh, invite you and encourage you to follow along um, with uh, your own Bible. If you do not have one, you should be able to find a Bible in a chair rack near you. You will find Proverbs 1 on page uh, 527. If not, most of you probably have phones or tablets, and you can find it very quickly there as well. We'll be starting at verse 8 and going through verse 19. Reading from God's most holy word. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, Let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole. Like those who go down to the pit, we shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us, and we will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil. They make haste to shed blood, for in vain is a, net, is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Here ends the reading of God's most holy and sufficient word.
1: as the chaplain of the Merton Community Fire Department uh, here, here in this beautiful and picturesque community sadly it is far too common for me to sit with parents who are grieving over the death, the untimely death of a foolish son, and sometimes a foolish daughter. The parent's pain is real and it's deep. Uh, problems, Problems that can take the life of a foolish son normally start small. Sin always looks attractive, but it takes you further than you ever thought. You would want to go. And what looks so attractive in the end bites like a viper resulting in death. Destruction, destruction will come to a foolish son. And as Proverbs 17.25 says, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Now, Solomon writes Proverbs chapter 10 through verse 31 for you to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing and dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. That's chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Uh, wisdom gives Hope and help for the one who listens. Wisdom sets you free from foolish choices that will destroy you. Wisdom gives you the ability to make godly choices in life. And as we are told in chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. When when you fear... The Lord, you see His greatness, His majesty, His holiness. You also see your own sin and the judgment that you deserve because of your sin. And so when God calls you um, uh, and enables you to repent and believe, you come to the place where you are enabled to see Jesus, who shed his blood to atone for your sin and when you call upon Jesus and put your faith in Jesus God saves you you're you're saved from your sin you're forgiven you're counted as righteous and you are reconciled to God this gives you utmost respect and reverence for God and now you are ready to listen and learn from wisdom. As John Newton said in his uh, hymn, Amazing Grace, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved.'" So Solomon writes chapters 1 through 9 as a father to a son, appealing and urging you to choose wisdom. These Chapters really are an appeal for all of us to listen to Jesus, to learn from and follow Jesus. From, for, for Jesus is, in fact, wisdom from God. He is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption. When you are listening to wisdom, you are really listening to Jesus. And it is God's design for parents to bring their children up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We see that in a number of places, Ephesians 6, 4, 1 of them. Uh, this really is a wonderful provision of God. Uh, parents are called by God to impart wisdom and instruction to their children, and it starts by appealing to them to listen to wisdom. We see that in chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Solomon says, Listen to your parents' instructions. Again, verse 8 and 9 it says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. So here, here is an appeal to listen to your father's instruction and your mother's teaching. It's both parents'. Fathers, though, bear the greatest responsibility to take initiative to give their children instruction. The Hebrew word for instruction carries the idea of training, uh, discipline, exhortation, warning. Dads are called by God to instruct their children. Moms, too, are called to teach their children. The Hebrew word for teaching here is Torah or law, it in the Old Testament was the law of God revealed uh, to Moses that gave instructions to God's people who were redeemed out of slavery in Egypt. The, the point in verse 8 is that both father and mother bear the responsibility to bring up their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. But notice how verse 9 immediately shows the benefit to sons and daughters for listening to their parents' wise instruction. Uh, We're told that the father's instruction and the mother's teaching will be a graceful garland for your head and pendants for their neck. In other words, a wise parent's instruction and teaching will impart a grace-filled gift to their children which prepares them for a life of blessing. And honor and success. A beautiful, a beautiful life. I want you to notice it's not money, it's not material things, it's not even a college education. Certainly, nothing is wrong with any of those. But the greatest thing is the training and instruction of the Lord. So verse 8 and 9 is built upon the assumption that parents will invest time in bringing their children up in the instruction and training of the Lord. This is a parent's primary responsibility to their children. And that happens in the normal day-to-day living. Um, After Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and As they were preparing to enter into the promised land, the Lord gave them the law a second time. Listen to what the Lord said in Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9, and I quote, Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land in which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by... Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. That, that was the instruction to parents. These commandments must be a part of your life. They must be, they must be pressed upon your heart first. Then, verse 7 You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your home, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your head, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Notice that it's in the normal course of everyday life that you talk about lord Uh, you make sense of what happens in life from god's perspective by just interacting with and thinking about the truth that god reveals in his word so when your children see evil in the world you teach them what the bible says about sin you teach them about the holiness of god when a pet dies You talk about death. When a grandparent dies, you take them to the funeral and you teach them about death and the hope of the resurrection that the gospel gives for all who believe. When your kids disobey, you take time to teach them and discipline them so that they understand that God has called them to obey mom and dad. You show them the reward, the blessing of obedience found in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. When kids get caught telling a lie, you show them how Jesus teaches them to be a truth teller. When when that takes place, you teach them how to confess sin and to seek forgiveness. First with God and then one that they have sinned against when your kids get mistreated by others you teach them how jesus understands how jesus responded when he was mistreated when your kids are afraid you teach them how to find shelter in the good shepherd so parents teach your kids that they need a savior and a lord and That as a believer, they also need to know wisdom. They need to grow in wisdom. They need to learn how to make godly choices in life. Now, it's interesting in John chapter 8, verse 28 and 29, we learn that, in fact, Jesus was taught by his father and how Jesus also always obeyed his father. Listen to verse 28 of John 8. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man onto the cross to die, you will know that I am he. So he, he will, it will be revealed that he is the one who, in fact, has come from his Father. And then Jesus goes on, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father has taught me. Verse 29, and, it, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. That's Jesus. No, notice the wisdom taught to Jesus by his Father, the wise choices that Jesus lived out. Uh, Jesus is, in fact, wisdom from God. And it's Jesus who gives parents the job of instructing and teaching their children, and it's Jesus who teaches and enables children to obey their parents. This is, in fact, what prepares children to live under the sweet authority of Jesus in obedience. This is how children can live the beautiful and blessed life. So parents who you, you are called to impart wisdom to your kids. But the primary point of verse 8 and 9 is for children to listen to their parents' instruction and teach in, teaching. Um, parents, in fact, have to talk. They have to command a hearing. But children need to, to, to learn to listen. Children, I want to say to you, receive your parents' instruction. Pay attention to what your parents teach you and obey your mom and dad because that's what god calls you to do this in fact is a beautiful and blessed life life will normally go well when you listen to and obey your parents so here at grace hill we want we want children in our worship service so that they can learn to pay attention to christ and his word our goal is not just for kids to be quiet. Our goal is for kids to learn to listen. There's a big difference. To not just tune everything out, but learn to be attentive. So parents, prepare your kids to be attentive as you come to church in the morning. You can reinforce that goal by asking them questions about the worship service when you ride home from church or as you eat a meal. Um, I believe children are really sponges with the capacity to soak up far more than we ever first think. We, We want our children to learn to listen to Jesus and his word. And again, that is what all of us should do, both adults and children. But it doesn't take very long before children begin to hear other voices that, compete with mom and dad who are teaching them. Peer pressure has been around for a long time. Parents understand this because parents experience this too. So parents, teach your kids wisdom, but also prepare your children to respond rightly to peer pressure or to fools. Uh, Fools who want you to be a fool with them. Um, so what is a fool? Um, we talked about this last week. Fools have, are people who have developed a habit of living according to selfish and indulgent whims and who acknowledge no higher authority than themselves. So what they want matters most. Not what God wants or what God deserves. It's whatever they want right now. That is what matters most to a fool. And so Solomon says to children in verses 10 through 15, don't listen to the enticement of fools. Verse 10 says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. So sinners miss the mark. Sinners miss God's path for life. They don't choose the path of wisdom. They choose the path of folly. And They're not content to go that path alone. They want to bring others with them. And so you need to be prepared to stand up to those who want to entice you and persuade you to join them in their folly. Solomon says, don't don't consent. Don't agree to join them on the path of folly. So remember, there are really only two paths in life, the path of wisdom and the path of, of folly. Uh, One path is right, one path is wrong. One path leads to life, the other path leads to death. One path leads to a beautiful life, and the other path leads to heartache and destruction. Um, Parents need to teach their children, and really all of us must understand that real life isn't just about avoiding that which is wrong or destructive, but also purposefully choosing what is right and most beautiful and good. And, and in this sense, parents, as Ted Tripp has said in his book, Shepherding the Child's Heart, parents, dazzle your kids with God. Help them to see the greatness of God, the worth of God in their lives. And for those who see the path of wisdom that is most beautiful and good. It helps guard your heart from being enticed to follow a fool on the path of follies. But but fools can be convincing. Fools might say, verse 11, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. So a fool loves to pursue selfish pleasure even at the expense of other people. And... It's normally at the expense of those who are the most helpless or innocent, those who won't or can't resist. Uh, I I remember so distinctly living in the inner city of Philadelphia, living there. I was born there, grew up the first eight years of my life there. We lived in row houses. um, And one particular night, it was dark out. Um, I, I remember being in the living room, looking out the window for some reason, and I We have an elderly lady that lived across the street from us, and I saw her get out of a cab down at the corner, and she was walking up to her house, and just as she got to her house, uh, there was an alleyway there. Two guys jumped out of the alley. They stabbed her with a screwdriver, took her purse, and ran away. She didn't have anything against them. She was in no way able to defend herself against these two fools, and they took off with her very own possessions. Um, You know, many of you have known my dad before he passed away. Uh, He was walking my two sisters home from school one day and he saw a man steal an elderly woman's purse and run down the road. My dad, okay, if you can picture my dad, he ran after this person. This person ran into the house, he ran in the house after them. This person ran up the steps into a bedroom and shut the door. And my dad ran up the steps and banged on that door until this, this guy uh, opened up the door and gave this woman's purse back. And dad took the purse back and gave it to uh, this elderly lady. How, how many times, though, have you seen video footage someplace in the country or around the world where um, fools just for kicks, or to steal something that's worth a lot of money, will come up to some person who can't defend themselves, a helpless person, and and attack them, take something from them, and just run. Just run. That's a, that's a picture of a fool. Fools will say, verse 12, like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. So... Just as the dead go to the grave, the fool doesn't mind bringing harm to others, even death. If that is necessary to get what they want. A fool has complete disregard for those that they want to plunder. All they care about is fulfilling their evil, selfish desire. And so when fools want to entice you, they will say something like, verse 13, We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder fools always think that there is some advantage to being foolish. And here they see precious goods that they can steal from others so much so that they too will be rich. And so the fool says, verse 14, throw in your lot among us and we will all have one purse. But can a fool really be trusted to give others their fair share? I think not. I think A fool has no problem stealing from others and a fool will have no problem not keeping their word to fellow fools. And so the anger and the foolishness and the violence will continue even amongst fools. And so Solomon says in verse 15, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. Again, don't be enticed by sinners. Don't be persuaded to join their foolish ways. Don't succumb to peer pressure. Don't walk down their path with them. Um, I, I lived as a fool for the first 20 years of my life, and I've not entirely escaped foolish ways even at this point. But I can remember a time when I was eight or nine years old. And it's funny how there are some things that just stick out in your memory from many, many years ago. But I remember I was about eight or nine years old and I had a friend over at my house. And I was attempting to convince him to do something that we knew that we should not be doing. And I remember him just simply saying to me, Daryl, we shouldn't be doing that. And we didn't. He he stood up to my foolish ways. He could have just gone along with it, but he didn't. He just said, Daryl, we shouldn't be doing that. And that stopped it. That stopped it. But unfortunately, when I was in high school, there were about five or six of us guys that were together um, all the time, uh, playing sports together, in class together. We did all kinds of stuff together outside of school. And we were guys who pursued folly again and again. And if one of us had an idea about doing something foolish, we all did it together. We all did it together. And the only thing that mattered to us was what we wanted to do, not what God wanted, not what God deserved. Um, and that, that way of life left a lot of damage uh, in, in our life. A lot of heartache, a lot of destruction, a lot of hurt came about because we lived as fools. And we did that together and we cared only about what we wanted to do. In, in fact, verses sixteen and through eighteen teach us that the path of a fool leads to evil and destruction. Verse 16 says, for their feet run to evil. That's, that's the path of a fool, running to evil. And they make haste to shed blood. They, they bring harm to others, and they, they are eager to do that. But that's not all. Verse 17 and 18 says, for in vain a net is spread in the sight of a bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Well, I think the point here is that even a bird, that even a bird will see a trap that is set to snare them, and they will avoid it. But the fool will see danger; uh, he'll he'll know that danger is coming, but he'll keep going anyway. A fool sees that what they are pursuing will bring about harm to themselves and others, but they. Continue on in that path because the fool doesn't learn. Their foolish ways bring harm and yet the fool will not run away from that. As parents, we certainly want what is best for our children. We we want them to experience God's very best. And that's parents that have children in the home. That's parents that have adult children that have left the home. We, we want our kids to enjoy the fruits of walking on the path of wisdom. And when they don't, it brings pain to the heart of parents. Uh, we grieve when our children get entrenched in paths of folly. As, as parents, we hurt when we see that. But but can you imagine the pain that God feels when we don't choose the path of wisdom? Uh, It's possible even for believers to grieve the heart of God, to grieve the Holy Spirit. And in the next number of weeks, Solomon will develop for us the many benefits of wisdom. But here... And we'll hear it again in coming weeks. Solomon makes it very clear that the path of folly will lead to all sorts of problems. In fact, that's his final point in verse 19. Remember, greed for unjust gain leads to death. Verse 19 reads, Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. The, the fool who is greedy for unjust gain just can never get enough of their folly. Even though he sees it bringing harm, he wants more and more. That's the absurdity of being a fool. But wisdom wants you to hear that if you ever think you will get ahead by doing something wrong... You are mistaken. If you ever think that it would be to your advantage to do something wrong in God's eyes, think again. The path of unjust gain always leads to death and destruction. Ask ask Judas Iscariot. Judas was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. John 12 tells us that he was the one who kept the money bag for the disciples. And Though he is recorded for, with, with speaking some eloquent, eloquent words, um, arguing for saving that money to care for the poor, Judas would dip into that money bag for his own selfish purposes again and again. And, and then, of course, he gained 30 pieces of silver for betraying Jesus, um, probably greedy for more money, but he also wanted to force Jesus' hand to be the kind of Messiah that he wanted him to be. Um, He wasn't content to let Jesus be who he came to be. He had an idea in his own head that was more important than what Jesus himself was about to experience. And so Judas proved to be a fool and... We know how his life ended, destruction and death. So fools do whatever they want with no thought of God, and it brings ruin and destruction, but they continue on. The the one who is wise, fears God, listens to God, walks in the ways of God, resulting in a good and beautiful life. My, my prayer for you today is this. Don't be a fool. Don't be enticed by fools. Choose wisdom. Choose God's very best for you. Choose a good and beautiful life that only God can give. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for passages like this that warn us, that prepare us, that bring to the forefront of our mind. There are competing voices. But Father, we're thankful that you have spoken clearly and that you have revealed true wisdom. And we're thankful that by your Spirit, through Christ, you've redeemed a people for your own name and you've enabled us to choose wisdom, to walk with the wise. So I pray, Father, for everyone that is here today. I pray for my own heart and life. I pray for those who are young. I pray for those who are old. And I pray, Father, that you would give us hearts that that hunger and thirst for wisdom, that seek for it as for gold. And that, Father, we would have ears that are eager to hear and learn. And so, Father, teach us and make us aware, give us eyes to, to see those moments in life when there is a voice that is screaming into our head that that wants to take away from your glory, that wants to put us on a path of life that doesn't please you. Give us hearts that care more about listening to you and following you than anything else. Lord, we know that's the best life for us. We confess that is the best life for us, to listen to you, to follow you, but, Father, we also know that there are many times that we get distracted and we're weak. And so help us. Help us not to be fools. Help us not to be enticed by fools. Help us, by your Spirit, to walk the path of wisdom for our good and for the glory of your great name. And we'll thank you for the way that you'll work in Jesus' name. Amen.